0: hello 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 and welcome to real conversations i hope all is well i pray all is well and if it is not trust and believe that it can and it will get better so i sound a little bit better i'm still a little congested but i'm doing much better so i'm gonna try not to cough but i am super excited so um you know, I'm a part of the podcast in, podcasting industry and I got back my podcasting results and I'm super excited. I'm so excited. I'm so proud of myself. And I just wanted to say a special, special thank you to all my listeners. Um, thank you for sharing. My numbers are growing. Um, the analytics looks amazing. I'm look, when I say I am truly proud of myself, I am truly proud of myself and it's all because of you guys. Thank you so much for just listening and sharing. I hope that my words, uh, my stories, my my life, my experiences, my trials, my tribulations, my happiness, my joys, my failures. I hope all of the messages that I convey through podcasting is helping you, uplifting, uplifting you, inspiring you, whatever it is um i never in my wildest dreams envisioned or imagined that i would be doing podcasting and i'm gonna start doing videos but you know here's the thing with me and videos my podcasting style is so random believe it or not it's so random that sometimes i just turn my microphone on and i go a lot of the times my podcasts are of messages of downloads, just things that hit my spirit, conversations that I have. And that's just me just being true and authentic and just being who I am. I literally don't script a lot of stuff. And I really don't even take much notes. So a lot of the times people will stop me and say, "Hey, I heard your podcast and I'm listening." And I'm like, "Well, which pod because I, I I literally have to go back and listen to some of my podcasts because I literally just get caught up in the moment. And that's what just feels so natural to me. Now, don't get me wrong. I do take little notes and I do jot things down throughout the day. However, when I tell you majority of my podcasts are literally straight microphone, turn it on, let's go. And I just roll with it. And so I thank you so much for allowing me to just be authentic. And my podcast, I was surprised. I said my podcast was streamed across four countries. So I'm just like, what? So um my my thing is this if I encourage or if I inspired or if um my testimonies, whatever it is, inspired one person, I have done my job. And I when I tell you I am fulfilled. I'm filled with love and I have nothing but contentment and love in my heart for all my listeners. Thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. 2024 is God. I promise you, I have some things in the works, but I promise you 2024. God has truly blessed me. So I'm just, like I said, I got some things in the work. So just stick with me. Thank you so much for riding with me. Thank you so much for supporting me for what, Listen, even if you're a hater, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, because my numbers are going up. I thank you all, the lovers, the haters, and everybody in between. You know what I'm saying? I got enough love to go around for everybody, even the ones who don't like me. Because the the haters will lurk, right? So this is a message for all of you. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Can't thank you guys enough. You don't know my heart is smiling. And um, uh, I just want to give a special shout-out to uh, Kamara Michael. She is. Uh, I posted this on my TikTok, and I did post this on my um my social media, my Facebook, and my Instagram. She actually found me on TikTok, and she reached out to me, and she wanted to be on my podcast, and she wanted to talk about her battle with depression. She wanted to talk about her book, so I had her on, and me and her, we've been rocking ever since. And so 2024, God willing, I'm so looking forward to working her, working with her again. I probably most than likely will have her back on uh, my podcast, hopefully more than once, because she's an amazing woman. She, uh, she, you know, her story is just amazing. And I love amazing stories and testimonies. And trust me, it, it, a lot of the times you can't divulge so much information just in one podcast you can try but you know whenever you're healing you know the healing journey is always a continuous journey you should never stop healing never stop growing learning evolving never stop trying to do whatever it is that you can do to become a better person and so she came on my podcast and her podcast was actually the number one podcast for this year so thank you so much Kamara uh, my sister, um, girl, we're going to do the damn thing. Trust me when I say, trust me and believe. We're we going to make it happen in 2024. So uh, now to get into my message before I get winded and start coughing again. Um, that's because I'm so excited, y'all. I'm telling you, God is so good. I thank him every day. I wake up with a heart filled with gratitude because um, I didn't know how. I didn't know when. I didn't know what. But all I know is God just kept telling me, you have to tell your story. You have to tell your story. And I was like, well, and I sat, I remember that day. I was praying, I was meditating, and I was just sitting, and I was just like, you know, I was writing and I was journaling, but it was just so much. It was so much. And it's still the things that I still haven't unpacked. And god was like you have to tell your story you have to you have to speak your truths and here i am two years in podcasting you guys are amazing thank you so there's this show um and i saw this on social media and you know i'm caribbean so there's this show called black cake right and those are for those who are caribbean they know the significance of black cake. So black cake is literally a cake that is kind of moist and it's is made with rum and it's just, it's it's damn good. You know, and, and depending on who makes it, some people might be a little heavy on the rum, but that's a traditional cake that most people in the Caribbean eat is black cake. Right? So there's a show, comes on Hulu, and it's about, you know, based, it's, it's entitled Black Cake. And I'm not going to give away the whole show, but... Please go and watch it. It's a must-watch. And I think right now they're on episode 6 or episode 7. So my partner and I, you know, he, he's American. And so, but I love him. And, you know, he, he's he's indoctrinated into the culture. So he knows a lot about black cake. So um, me and him, we we have been binge-watching it for the past few days. And so now we're all caught up. And it's just interesting uh, to see how... Uh, childhood traumas, childhood traumas and experiences transcend through the generations. And, like I said, if I don't want to spoil the show, I don't want to go too deep into it. But this girl endured so much in her life, um, and growing up in those times, uh, you know, I, I, I. My mother is now approaching her, I think she's going to be 79 or 80. And my mother grew up in a very difficult time, very hard time. Uh, A time where, you know, I don't even know how they lived or how they survived. My grandmother had 14 children. And um, my grandmother was a maid. She cleaned houses. My grandfather was a fisherman. Um, From what I understand, he used to go and fish and travel from island to island. Uh, He did have a child um, previous to my grandmother. And so, I mean, I don't want to go into family business because that's a whole nother story. Like I said, it's hearsay. But if you go back and listen to, go back and watch this show, you'll understand what I'm saying. And it's just interesting to see how so many... Like I said, traumas, hurt, pain, shame, um, alcoholism, sex abuse, uh, just so many different things that transcends over generations. And I understand that back in those times, they didn't have help. There was no outlet. There was no, um, way to express yourself. It was no way to heal. It was just survival. And just doing what you had to do to survive. And I could completely understand why a lot of, like I said, my mom, the hurt, the pain, the trauma, you know, the things that you really uh, can't talk about, the lack of education, the lack of resources, the ignorance um, that happens within the family dynamic—it's um, it's a lot of, and and it's a lot of incest. It's just so many different things that play out, and no one talks about it. And then you know, now we are in this current space where we have so much information, we are knowledgeable, we're educated, we're more aware, but there's parts of ourselves that we really don't understand because the generations that came before us were, I wouldn't say unwilling, but they weren't capable of speaking truths or telling truths. Or talking about the things that they've experienced. Talking about their hurts, their pains, the things that they've endured uh, to survive. And if, again, you go back and you watch this movie, you'll understand what I'm talking about. This Not even a movie, you'll watch this series, you'll understand what I'm talking about. And my daughters, for years, they were like, Ma, you need to write a book. Ma, you need to write a book. And I'm like, uh... You know, I I don't know. I don't know if that's in the cards for me. I probably will write a book because like I said, there's so many things that I haven't even divulged and spoke about in my podcast. Right. And that's another reason why I started podcasting, because, you know, there's going to come a time where I won't be here and my kids will have something to fall back on. They would have a blueprint. They would have a guide. They would have understanding. They would have clarity. They would be able to make sense of things. Because as a child growing up, if you listen to any of my podcasts, I've said this in a couple of my podcasts, my mom was is, because she's still alive, my mom is the narcissist in my life. Now, my mom, because of her childhood traumas and the things that she has experienced, and I won't go into that, but because she wasn't able to tell me or express the things that she has experienced in her life so I always knew that there was a level of some type of dysfunction pain disappointment hurt abuse like I always knew that there was something right and because of her it made me become very empathetic sympathizers you know, I'm a, a very, I became very sympathetic to her. So because of that, um, I literally had to raise myself. I literally had to take care of myself. Now, my mom was there to provide the basics. But in terms of emotional support, mental support, physical support, even financial support, Certain things my mother was just not capable of doing, and my mother also had a disability, you know, so at that time raising me, so it was hard for her to do certain things as a mother, uh, for me, and so I always had a soft spot for. You know, and this is why I, I you know I'm in the healthcare field, so I've always had a, spot, a soft spot for people with mental health issues, disabilities, the geriatric population. I've always had a soft spot for uh, the way the way we consider the, the waywards, you know the drunks, the alcoholics, because um the drug addicts and things like that, because I understand that their hurt, their pain, their trauma. The things that they have experienced cause them to be in the position that they are. And many a times when I was in the hospital setting, per se, because I did work in the hospital setting, and I would have to go to read the charts. I'm telling you, some of the things that I read in people's charts, I can't even begin to imagine what they were going through. Uh, Like I said, because of the abuse. Uh, sexually, mentally, physically, uh, the things that these people endured in their lives. So when I went to the wards, because I used to have to go see the psych patients. I learned how to talk to them and not at them because it's a difference. And so you build a rapport or you build a connection with them. And believe it or not, as time went on, because a lot of them would be in there for uh, for weeks, months. And every time I would go, they would be so helpful. They would, Oh, Hey, who are you looking for? Oh, you're the Medicaid lady. Oh, let me find so-and-so. Or if there was a person who was difficult and I couldn't, they would, t- they would tell me, Oh, don't, don't, don't go talk to that person. Like, you know, we, I, I built up this, um, this, you know, that's that empathy and that compassion. And and just love for people. That's that humanistic factor, right? And so as I was watching this show, Black Cake, it took me back to so many different points and things and just take me back into a place and time in that era where my mother grew up. And it makes sense to un- why she became, you know, who she is today. And by the grace of God, I still have my mom. She's, you know, still here with me, thank God. Um, But something in my heart, you know, said never to leave or never to forsake her. And this is why I never hated my mother. I always, I hated her when I was young because I didn't understand. I hated her and I was feeling some kind of way because I was angry with her because she wasn't the type of mother that I needed her to be or that I wanted her to be and it wasn't until i got older and i had kids and i went through my own experiences that i was able to look back and say wow wow this is why i wasn't supposed to leave her or forsake her and so on the flip side is now my responsibility to break that generational curse to bring awareness. So this is why I podcast. This is why I talk about issues. I talk about these things with my daughters. I try to. So now there's going to come a time where they're going to become mothers and they're going to have their own children. And the things that I'm telling them now will make sense to them one day. Right. So my oldest daughter, she's a mother and her daughter is four. That's my granddaughter. That's the love of my life. I when I tell you I love my granddaughter, I love my granddaughter. Don't play with it. Right? So, we have conversations all the time and she's like, "Ma, I don't know how you I don't I don't understand how you did this." Like I really I look back and I sit and I'm like, "I understand now." Now she understands now she's having those aha moments and those revelations. And she's like, I don't know how you, how you did it. And you did it three times. Like, what were you thinking? And you did it so young because I didn't have a time. I didn't have a chance to grow. I didn't have time to develop. I didn't have time to process. I just was like, all right, I got to get it done. I got to find out how I got to do. I got to handle this. And, you know, I have my daughter, my oldest daughter, when I was 15. And I didn't really have any help. I didn't have any help. I didn't have any guidance. I didn't have any structure. I really didn't have, like, my mother was there. But, again, my mother really wasn't there, if, you know, if that makes sense to you guys. So, and now if you watch the show Black Cake, you understand how, what You'll understand more of what I'm saying. And so as the show is evolving and, you know, things are coming out, uh, I, I just sit back and I reflect and I'm like, you know, we all have a lot of generational trauma that needs to be unpacked and we will never truly be free. Until we learn how to express ourselves, to talk about the things that we've experienced, because what happens is I'm gonna just give you this little this little snippet right of the show. So the mother, who the show is based around, she pass passes away, and she leaves several recordings for her children, and she left specific instructions as to the order of these recordings so after each recording she left specific instructions that needed to be done in order to listen to the next set of recordings and in those recordings she revealed so much to her children because her children were separated They really didn't have a connection and they didn't understand why. And as they listened to the recordings, things started to unfold. And I'm going to leave it at that because I'm still not done and I don't want to give away the show. Go watch it. It's a good show. And I think that's what happens. A lot of the times we grow up in these very dysfunctional and toxic families and Because things are never talked about, people don't really get to express themselves. People don't get to communicate. People don't unpack or process whatever it is that they experience for whatever reason, due to hurt, shame, pain. Uh, People want to avoid things. They don't want to, like, it's just so much. But when I tell you, it's so liberating being able to sit. And talk about just freeing your spirits, freeing your mind, just that heavy energy that you walk around with all the secrets and all the lies and all of the things that, and it trickles down into your children. And I didn't want that for my children. I, I did not want that for my children. And so it's not easy being a generational curse breaker. But. When I tell you I sat and I watched that just, just show and I'm just like oh my goodness like it's it's revealing so many little you know and especially because it's it's in the islands I could relate so much to it because again I heard the stories you know I hear little stories about family members or things that were done um and and just the way people were living um I I just sit and I'm just like, I can't even imagine. And so, like I said, I understand the things that my mother experienced and she's never, she's still alive and she has yet, she still has been holding on to so much hurt, pain, shame, uh, guilt, abuse, neglect. She's been holding on and you know, now I look back and I'm like, and I look at my mistakes, the things that I've done wrong as a mother that I was clueless and unaware of. And when I tell you, I am so apologetic. I talk to my girls all the time and I, and they may not understand it now, but trust me, there's going to come a day where they will understand it and it will make sense. And I'll just, and I'm not going to go into too much of a conversation that I had with my daughter, because that's personal, but, um, her daughter's four and my granddaughter. And, you know, now she's at that age where she asks questions. What's this? Why is that? Why this? Why not that? And I'm um, tell me this. And, you know, she's at, she's very inquisitive. My granddaughter has been always been very inquisitive. And so my daughter was like, mom, I can't, I, I can't deal. Like what, like, where is she getting this stuff from? Why is she asking me so many questions? Was I like this? Why? why? And I said, and I, and I told her, I said, listen. I said, you don't understand what it's like to be a mother until you become a mother. Because you want to shield and protect your children as much as possible. Even if it's at your own expense even if it comes with holding back keeping some truths and it's not even like you it's not even about keeping truths it's just you want to protect your child because you don't you know the hurt the pain you know what you endured right and you don't want your child to feel that that's a loving mother those are that's a loving mother right And so I told her a story about her dad and her father. You know, her father was always out of jail. And I'll never forget, he was in jail. And he ended up going to Rikers Island. And he wanted me to bring her. And I did. That was my first, my last, and my only time taking her there. When I tell you just the process of just going through, getting on the bus getting on the bus to the actual jail, uh, going through all the search protocols, uh, going through it. Like, it was just overwhelming. I don't know how people do that shit. When I tell you that was my first, my last, and my only, and I said I would never do it again, and I never did. I took my daughter, and she you know, our time with him, hour, two hours, whatever it was, and we were leaving. And I would never forget. My daughter cried. And she was just like, Well, why can't I stay here with daddy? And I'm like, No baby, you you can't stay here. This is not a place for kids. And when I tell you it broke my heart. When I say it broke my heart, it broke my heart. Because, you know, kids are kids. They are unaware. They don't know. They don't really understand certain things. And my mindset is this. Now, he was always in the streets, right? And he was out hustling. He had to survive. Survival. He felt that he had to do what he had to do for himself. Keyword, himself, to survive. So he chose street life or the street life chose him. However, which way you want to put it. And so he wasn't in jail because he was trying to provide or make sure his family was good or make sure I was good or the baby was good. Um, None of that. He was just in there because he was trying to survive for himself. So it's not fair to put me and to put her through this because these are the choices and decisions that you made for your life not ours right and so he would always want me to send him money uh, put money on his commissary along with his other women that he was dealing with Um, but here I am a teenage mom and I have to go through all of this and I, I didn't sign up for this this is not what I signed up for I'm sorry. And I'm not going to subject my child to this type of lifestyle. Because it's not okay. And so, for years, you know, he was in and out, in and out, in and out. This flighty, you know, that's how he was. He was flighty. And so, now my daughter's older. And, you know, we before he passed away, we were able to, you know, have a conversation or whatever. But now that my daughter is older, she understands she completely gets it, and she understands that it was just better for him to just not be involved, so she grew up because everybody would be like, "Oh, you look like your father, oh, you're so pretty, oh my god, where's your dad?" And it always used to bother her when i to it used to eat her up and i used and i couldn't protect her from those things because you know we knew everybody, her father knows everybody. And so she looks a spitting image of her father. And so, you know, it just used to bother her and overwhelm her so much. But now that she's a mother, she completely understands why sometimes it's just easier just to stay away. Especially when a person is just not healthy or good for you, you know, in, in any kind of way. And so he chose the lifestyle that he wanted to live, but that wasn't my lifestyle. And that's not the lifestyle I wanted for her. So she completes it. she Now that she has a daughter and now she's a mother and now her daughter's at that point where she's asking questions and she's, you know, very inquisitive and, you know, she's thinking, you know, in terms of like, okay, dynamics and family structures now my daughter's like, I, I can't deal. Like, I I need a drink. <laughs> like, like what? Like what do we? Like what do I do? And so, you know, we had a, a nice mother daughter conversation about it. But um, these are just things that you have to deal with when you have children, and some some of some conversations need to be had. You know, certain things you can't avoid, um, and there's nothing wrong with speaking. Truths and telling people what it really is, because then they grow up and they now go into their lives and get into relationships and possibly have children, and the dysfunction continues. The confusion continues. You know, people are not healed because there's things, like I said, you oh, there's things that come up in your life that you'll be triggered and you're like, what? Like you don't even realize that you that it's a trigger you don't even understand where it stems from what it what it's coming from why it's happening and it's not until you go back and you start to unpack some things then you're like wow it came from this or it stems from my childhood or this is what happened or that's what happened you know and and even with even with my well even with my my youngest daughter uh i remember when she was about she had to be little she had to be about like four five you know how kids are when they you know they're that age and she was about five maybe six and one day she came home and she was like mom why 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 do we have different last names like why do why you don't have my last name and I said to her well because your father and I are not married and she was like, "But I don't understand, like, why y'all not married? You, you got me and, and my sister, and why y'all we, we live in the same house together? Why are you not married?" And so, uh, long story short, I was engaged, but, but, I will say, thank God that I did not marry this person. Thank God, God was protecting me. I'm telling you from things seen and not. Un- Man, listen, God was protecting me. And I said to her, I said, well, ask your father. And his dumb ass, his response was, oh, well, oh, you know, when your mother start acting right. And I said, well, shit, that will be never. <laughs> but, you know, she didn't know. She didn't understand what was going on uh, between him and I. And that that situation was completely like, even though we were still physically in the same house that relationship was, well, situation, it was over year. It was y- over years, <laughs> you know, it was over for years. You know, we were just living in the, well, the delusion and the illusion that we were a family. And I, I thank God every day, you know, I, I thank God every day that I did not marry this man. You don't even understand. <laughs> I thank God every day. Um, you know, but kids, kids have a way of, you know, asking questions or saying things and uh, they grow up and become adults. And it's not until, you know, they sit and they start to ask questions or do research or, you know, because like I said, I, I I hear the I heard the rumors uh, growing up as a kid. Uh, different things that transpired and happened in my family. And I didn't really have a close bond with my family. I didn't really grow up, you know, most of my family, they were in the islands and I grew up in the States. And so my brothers were born in the island. I was the only one born in the States. And so I'm considered the Yankee, you know? <laughs> so um, it's just one of those things. And And even when I would go back home and, and visit, which I'm overdue for a trip, I'm overdue for a trip. I'm long overdue. Um, You know, even when I go back home, uh, it just feels different. It it really does. It it just feels different. I haven't been back home in years. I would love to go back home and I would love to take my kids, uh, all of them, so that they can see uh, their roots. And um, unfortunately, my grandmother's home is no longer uh, there. It was destroyed in the hurricane a few years ago. And so... I do still have family there my father is is back in the islands and um it's just one of those things you know so I say all of this to say is we don't really understand how traumatic and traumatizing it is uh for um to just be uh in these family dynamics where we feel like there's no love we feel like there's no unity there we feel like it's surface level and we feel like um you, you feel like there's something not quite right. Like things that need to be said are not being said. It's just this weird, uncomfortable thing um, with the family dynamic. But it's so important to heal and to sit and to have these conversations. And it just takes one person to be courageous enough to sit down and say, this is what happened. This is, you know, what transpired. This is how this played out. This is how that played out. And you know, have these open and honest and transparent conversations so that we don't grow up feeling um a sense of shame or that we have to hide who we are or hide the things that has happened to us. Or um because like I said my you know, my mother grew up in that time where she would always say, "Oh, you know, whatever happens in this house stays in this house. Or, you know, when you go to school, you don't tell people certain things or you don't say this or you don't say that. And then it was also like a scare tactic or like a fear tactic where, uh, you know, you wouldn't say anything because it's like if you said anything, it was a possibility of you being snatched from your home and, you know, going into child protective services and, You would be put in foster homes and you would be put with strange people and, you know, people who weren't really going to care for you. You you know, some some people didn't get lucky. You know, I remember there was a time uh, where people were going and getting foster kids like it was nothing. And, you know, they were living and surviving and supporting themselves off of getting, you know, getting uh, foster children. And um, a lot of foster kids were abused a lot of foster kids were neglected uh because people weren't doing it for love they were doing it just to get the money you know just as a as a come up as a paycheck or you know some some little stipend um it's it's just sad and it's just unfortunate but if you go and watch this show black cake i'm telling you um this show literally brought up so many memories of different stories and just different things and people and situations that I, I I know, um, experience these types of things. And it's just like, wow, you know, um, yeah, interesting. And no, I, I'm not going to go into that. Uh, that's not my story to tell. That, that's definitely not my story to tell. And that's one thing about me. I, I do speak a lot about different situations and scenarios, but I do not want to ever, uh, tell someone else's story without their permission um i can give bits and pieces i can give little hints and clues but i, I do not want to divulge and go in depth into anybody's stories um but there's this this is a show where you you know I, i'm I, I i just sit and watch because the mother who uh, has transitioned she i'm sending the recordings that she left are so detailed and so in depth that I'm just like oh my gosh like she you know she walks you through everything and I resonate so much with her story in so many ways I didn't experience some of the things that she's experienced because of the you know the time and in, in the era in which she grew up but I could I could honestly see how you know she would be uh traumatized you know, trying to survive in this world all alone with no one. Um, it is not an easy thing. And then to have children and you try to raise your kids to the best of your ability, but you're still holding on to all this hurt, this pain, this shame, this guilt, um, secrets. And just, I mean, it's just so many secrets and lies. Oh, I tell you, but, um, it's a good show. So tell your story. Tell your story. It's so liberating and it's such a freeing experience to be able to share your stories and to give clarity and understanding. Not only for you but for your children it shows a level of I want to say humility but it shows that you're human that you're a person that you make mistakes that life is not perfect and despite of what you go through And despite the things that has happened to you, sometimes those things are not just happening to you, but it's happening for you. And that's the biggest difference. Understanding that some things have to happen for you. To teach you, to elevate you, to help you grow. A lot of people don't survive I'm telling you that on this life a lot of people don't survive and if you have gotten to a point in your life where you can thrive you can smile you can laugh you can love you can embrace people you still have compassion in your heart you won I I don't know about anybody else but I, I wake up every day and I'm like shit I won (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I was like, I am, when I'm telling you, I am battle tested. I have my scars and my wounds. But Lord, when I tell you, I have, thank God that he kept me here to uh, win the battle. And the battle was, man, what a war. But um, yeah, so that's the message for today. Go watch you the movie Black Cake. And if you don't know what black cake is, stop into a Caribbean bakery and get you a slice of black cake. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. With that being said, wishing you nothing but love and light. Stay blessed.